ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in to another episode i'm your host steven g gaxiola and you are listening to the raider and the saint podcast Today's date is April 3rd. The year is 2022. This is the 116th episode. Once again, I want to thank all my listeners from around the world that tune in every week to the Rainer and the Saint podcast. I couldn't have done it without you guys. Thank you for all your support. It means a lot. I know I've been gone for a couple weeks. And just to let you know, I was I was on, I had a sinus infection and I was on antibiotics, so took a breather. Had vacation, took the kids camping. Then me and my wife's anniversary just passed. So I just wanted to take a, a quick breather. So I apologize for people that missed me uh, posting a podcast. I'm not going anywhere. Just take a quick breather. Uh, coaching my son's flag football team. I'm really busy moving around. So I'm still here, man. We're still podcasting. It's a great day. It's a beautiful day. We got Easter coming soon. Uh, if you guys are looking to be a sponsor, advertiser, guest, on the podcast, you guys can get a hold of me at the Raider and the Saint at Outlook.com. That's the Raider and the Saint at Outlook.com. I'm also on Instagram under the Raider and the Saint. Uh, send something on Facebook if you want. I rarely check that, but I, I usually just post my stuff on Instagram. A uh, couple shout outs. One of the shout outs to Wimpy's Pawn Shop. If you guys are looking to buy, sell, or pawn your soul, uh, you could go to 750 West Foothill Boulevard in Azusa, California. Also, shout out to Main Pawn Shop in Baldwin Park. Those are both owned by the same family, my cousin and uh, my primo Jimmy, uh, Paul, everybody that, that works there. They're, it's a family-owned business. They ha- I think they have like four pawn shops, but they helped me pick out a perfect ring for my, me and my wife's 20th anniversary. I got a good deal. Thank you so much. My wife loved it. Uh, she still can't get over it, so thank you guys for helping me out with that. Yeah, man, you guys you guys need anything. You need equipment, gardening equipment, tools. You're looking to start your own podcast. You need a, a used laptop. Whatever you're looking for, a diamond ring for your, for your lady or, or your man, whatever. Go down there, man. I, 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 You know, people, oh, well, I want to go to the shop. I want to go to the, the jewelry store. If you want to go get butt fucked, then go over there then, okay? These guys over here that, that at the pawn shop, these are real. Oh, they're fake diamonds. Oh, they're not real. They're over. No, they're not. These guys go to school. They have to go and take a special class and learn about diamonds. And it's not a one-day class. It takes months. And these and, and everything's legit there. If you, if you know about diamonds, you would go there, too, with your little microscope and look through it. And you can tell, too. 
Okay, don't get ripped off going to Robin's Bros and all that bullshit. Okay, save some money, man. Save some money. Use some of that extra money you save and take your lady out to dinner or, or take her to a nice place. But that's where I did. And a lot of people I know do get their rings from pawn shops. And, and hey, man, it's good quality. They, there's a jeweler across the street at the main pawn shop in Baldwin Park. There's a jeweler across the street. And the ring was actually rose gold. I wanted it white gold. And I needed it to be sized correctly. They did it within 45 minutes. They took the ring, went across the street. They dipped it in white gold, gave it good cleaning, gave it the good size, the size I needed. And it was back in my hands in 45 minutes. So good good quality service man I, I recommend you guys if you're looking for anything uh, that sort okay so shout out to those guys thank you so much man my, my wife really loved the ring also shout out to my boy freddie morales he's a loan officer business owner if you're looking to buy a home sell a home refinance a home you're looking for a deal hit him up he's a good friend of mine i've known him since kindergarten uh we were in the same kindergarten class together and he's, he's a good friend i've known him for years that's amazing uh, we know you we know people that long you get a hold of them at freddy at grosscapital.com that's freddy f-r-e-d-d-y at grosscapital.com okay i'm gonna get right into it all right not gonna talk about my personal stuff you guys know i'm coaching flag football i'm back in that we just started our first season uh, our third season we're in spring ball we won our first game 30 to 6 but we got a, a monster team we're playing against next week so i went from one practice to two practices a week now uh, this might be my last season. My son starts high school ball pretty pretty soon. Uh, he's got a couple more weeks of school left until he gets uh, becomes a freshman. So I'm doing that. I'm really busy. Uh, got work going on. Uh, my brother, who just pa who passed in August, his birthday is August 8th too. So when we play this team, it's going to be a very special moment. Uh, other than that, it's Masters week. If you guys know, I used to be an avid golfer. Uh, have haven't played in a while, but I played in major turn uh, not major tournaments but i played in tournaments and i played golf for over 20 years but now with the uh, bad back and getting older I, I can't swing like i used to but i got a tournament tomorrow the tournaments we would call it the masters tournament and we actually made a jacket that would that would looks looks like the masters so we have a tournament tomorrow uh it went from me my brother and my cousin that we, we would just play for this jacket to now we're up to 20 people uh, so we're up to 20 people now. We have a, a tournament tomorrow at Mountain Meadows. Uh, in remembrance of my brother, the tournament will now be called the Martin Gaxiola Masters Tournament, and it's something we're going to do every year in remembrance of him. We have 19 players. The 20th player will be an empty seat for my brother. Got his golf clubs. It'll probably be me playing by myself and then having his golf clubs next to me, which will probably be really uh, emotional for me, so I don't – I don't anticipate on winning or playing even good. I haven't played in over a year, but I'm going to go out there and, and do my best and, and just be out there with the camaraderie with all the people that are showing up. So thank you, everybody, who's going to show up tomorrow. It's going to be up to 19 people to, uh, now, so maybe next year we could double it. But this tournament just started with just me, my brother, and my cousin Daniel, uh, who works at Wimpy's Pawn Shop. And he uh, he set up this tournament, and he, he's doing everything uh, it's amazing what, what he put together and uh, happy to be a part of it. And it's going to be a cool day tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay. A little bit quick about myself. My guest today, he is a UPS driver. He is a 396 local teamster. You guys know 396. What's going on, Holmes? 396 in the house. 
my boy, my new friend, Roger Mendoza. Welcome to the show, my friend. What is going on? What's up, man? Thank you for having me here. Been yeah, proud. no problem, man. It's it's uh, it's always an honor to or honor to get new people in and, and get to know new people. It's one of the things I like podcasting is get, getting to know people and my my listeners and uh, like to listen to new people, get new people on the show. And you reached out and I tell people, hey, man, you want to come on a show? It's an open platform. Anybody could come on as long as you're not, uh, you know, doing creepy shit. I had some guy come on the show and he was creeping and, and hitting up all the girls that follow me on Instagram and, and being a creepo and uh, got caught off guard. So every now I have people on the show. I got to make sure I get a background check on them. You were cleared with Terry. You know Terry Diggs. I've known him for many years. So if Terry says this full solid, hey, he's solid, man. So welcome to the show. Tell the people a little bit about yourself. For sure. Um, I uh, just uh, came from, uh, I grew up in Artesia, California. I lived there for pretty much 31 years. Just recently moved. Um, and uh, came from, I went to GAR. To Gar High School, played football and wrestling, and um, actually played a little bit of uh, rugby, folk, uh, rugby, and then from there went to uh, now, you know, had to give up all that, and now I'm actually golfing. I just started picking up golf like a year ago. How you like golfing? Good. I love it. I love it, actually. It keeps my mind busy. I like all the, you know, the relaxation, obviously the drinking, but it keeps me positive gets me thinking i thought it was actually a boring sport at first actually growing up and watching it actually was watching on you know i would change the channel I'm like, oh, this is too boring but it's actually a, a a hard sport i had somebody i i got i have a, a friend that's been on this podcast he's a customer of mine and we started talking about golf because i was telling him about the tournament and he started you know oh you know golf golf isn't a hard sport it's an old man sport and I think you say baseball and football, harder sports, and 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 I I really wanted the debate because I've been, I've played golf since I was eight, started playing when I was eighteen, and it, and I just got intrigued by the sport because how difficult it is and how hard it is. People go, well, well, football's hard. I go, football's ninety no. percent mental, ten percent physical. If you ever played football, and that's what I teach my kids. 90% mental, 10% physical. 90% is knowing what your assignment is, where you need to be, okay? We're, we're, we're you know, it's all technique, move, hip, hip movements, how you work your, how you backpedal, where you need to be, 10, 15 yards. The 10% is tackling. That's the 10%. Yeah. Going down and hitting, okay? Uh, the O-line, the D-line, yeah, they're hitting. That, that, the, that base right there, that's more, that's more, uh, uh, a bronze more brutal but as far as like hard there's there's different levels of hard like sports is not just physical it's mental yeah. and golf is the most mental strenuous sport there is and 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 people in the argument was like no it's a this and then tiger Woods should be dominated i'm just like dude you it's like the books i've read i used to get golf digest and uh all the other magazines and i used to have them sit next to my toilet and I would read them when I was taking a shit. And I would have stacks. And I would just read, read, read. And I, I, I fell in love with the game because it wasn't a team. It was you. Just you. I think Michael Jordan said it the best. He goes, he goes, I playing playing someone on def playing against someone on defense was a lot easier than playing golf. Because in golf, you're playing yourself. You're looking yourself in the mirror and you're playing yourself. 
It's a it's a it's a grueling sport. It's a mental sport. It's also very physical. The wear and tear it puts on your body, swinging a golf club 100 miles an hour. Well, look at Tom Brady. He just recently said that golf is harder than, than playing football. It is. And he, this is the GOAT. I think there's. I think people get confused. They say, oh, what's, it's just hitting a golf ball. It's When you start swinging the club a thousand times a day, your body's going to start breaking down. Oh, yeah. Okay. When they can hockey is hockey. Yeah, hockey's an aggressive sport, too. Okay. But there's, there's different types of hard. But when it, when it, when you start comparing the different types of hard, well, which one's harder? Like you got to put them in categories. Well, hockey's yeah, it's a it's a it's a uh, brutal sport. You're gonna phys- there's a lot of physical contact. Does that make it harder than golf? Because you're not you're not hitting anybody. No, there's different types of hard difficulty, and this one's more mental. It's more. Well, it's getting. I feel like it's getting used to knowing your club. Mm-hmm. You got to know how how far your yardage, how which way, how much to put, how much less. You know, you get to a certain like a, you, you get to your pitching wedge and it's like, oh man, how much can I hit it? You get to a, the easiest thing, but the hardest thing is putting. Everybody think, oh, you just got to put it. No, trust mm-hmm. me, it's harder than you think because mm-hmm. you can have an easily ten yarder, or ten footer, and it's like, wow, I missed that. When people tell me. Oh, all I need is 12 months, two, two, 24 mm. months, and, and, and uh, then do it. Yeah. I challenge them, do it. If you think golf is simple where you can be good at it in a couple of months, I challenge people, do it, and then sign up for a tournament. Trust Tell me how that turns out. Trust me, I've been okay? golfing for 12 months now. I've, I've been, I would practice for tournaments. I would play for the UPS uh, golf team in Anaheim. <laughs> And we would, I would practice, practice, practice. I even read the Tiger Woods uh, book, the uh, the Perfect Eight, and he goes over the eight different shots you can you can hit, you know. And I would be, I was able to hit a lot of those shots. I'd go out and practice, 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 and then I get out there the tournament, and fucking people are watching you, and I'd fucking whiff the first ball off the tee. And that was the hardest part for me was to get that mental part away. To get rid of that mental part and just swing. Now that I'm older now, now I don't I don't I don't think like that no more. I don't think technical. I just say, hey, just use your muscle memory, just go up there and just hit the fucking ball. <laughs> That's how I play now. Yeah. Well I just actually just got my daughter into it. We're my me and my father in law are teaching her, so she's picking up the concept really well. Mm-hmm. We actually went to the driving range just yesterday. Mm-hmm. And trust me, she was hitting good and I was like very proud. I was like, Oh my god, this girl's gonna pick up any sport really quick. But um, just seeing her and I'm like, man, just so she can get a concept of how to like play the sport. Because, you know, I was unfortunate to not play a lot of these sports because where I grew up, I grew up in a little hood area. And um, she just to be able to go out because that's another thing. When I told my mom that I, I was like, oh, I'm, in, I'm into golf. She goes, that's a rich people's sport. And I was like, like everything else, it's expensive when you start. But once you have it, clubs could last you forever. It's just like a tool. It was going to last you forever. But just, you know, you get out, you see people, you talk to people. Just It's just one of those sports that you meet new, different people. Mm-hmm. What courses have you played? I've played uh, at Diamond Bar, and then I've played at uh, um, Cresta Verde out mm-hmm. in uh, Chino. No, not Chino, uh, Corona. I always get those confused. And then um, our home course right here is in La Mirada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I got a lot of a lot of friends, a lot of close friends that they're they're into golf. They're golfing all the time now, and I remember those days where I'd, I'd play two, three times a week. That's all I did, all I did. And as you get older, and my my back would be would be sore the next day, and then it they started from that until I'd play golf and it would hurt for a week, and then it, then it became a month. And I just had to step away from the game for a while, yeah. and it's it's understandable. It's a grueling sport, and people when people say it's not. Go try to be a, a really good golfer. Put in that work. See, you know, when you compare it to like baseball, uh, football, it's, it's physically grueling on your body. And people don't think they think you just go up and just hit the ball. It's it's not, dude. It's no. not. I'm telling people, it's not. Trust me. When the first time I played, eighteen holes, eighteen holes, I was tired after the freaking first front nine i was like oh no <laughs> i still have to go another nine holes with this and it, it was tough it was really tough the first 18 holes i ever played because i've never actually played on a course before either I, I went to the driving range and all that before because i had to actually join a club it's a uh, los viejos golf club um and we play monthly it's with uh my father-in-law and a lot of uh my wife's uncles and uh we play and that first, the first time I actually went out there, I'm telling you, I was tired. I actually got more buzzed than I did play with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you. So, well, that's also also the, a good thing too is you, you can go enjoy it. You can have a few beers and relax and just enjoy being outdoors. I mean, just talking about it, I wish I was, I wish I was 20, 28, 28, dude, playing really good golf and being able to rip it down the pipe. And I'm not saying I'm fucking old. I can't do it no more. But it'd be, it it's a lot of work to get back into that type of golf shape you know when i'm out there when i'm out there tomorrow it's gonna probably be more frustrating because i can't play like that no more and i guess when you see people like uh, michael jordan kobe bryant uh, that have to give up the game of basketball because they can't do what they used to do in their in their in their 20s you know they 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 have to retire they can't do it no more that's how I, i i feel too is like if I that's all how I am personally if I can't compete at the highest level anymore I don't I don't want to do it like I, I just can't do it I can't go out and play like for example men's flag football league if I can't be the person I was in my 20s I don't want to do it no more because I'm too competitive I want to be the best I want to I want to put on a good game I want to do personally the best I can and when you can't do certain things anymore for me personally it's like okay, it's it's you know it's in the past now. Now that's why I coach. I coach and I teach these kids fundamentals and I run them through drills and to see this team developed into something great, that's satisfying to me now. Yeah, that's that's the great uh, reward for me is like I can't do what these kids could do now, but I could still show them. I could show show them techniques. I could talk to them, explain to them the aspects of playing a cover two defense and what they need to look at and how do they disguise it and and work on speed and and hand and hand drills and that's what that's and i had to find that i had to find that because you you get to the age where you can't you can't compete yeah. and i know guys that are in their 40s and mid 30s those they're still playing competitive soccer on the weekends and flag football i, I just can't dude no. when you I get to that Plus, age I you, get you have to accept yeah you gotta let it go and now it's your time and, and that's kind of cool that you're teaching your son football just because i'm the same way now mm-hmm. you know because my wife played a competitively she played travel ball she played all kinds of softball so now we're teaching my daughter and, it, and it's cool because we go we go to the 
we go practice with her and she's like oh dad and we're you know me and my wife will start throwing the ball and she kind of looks at us just like yesterday taking my daughter to the driving way you know she would hit a couple balls she'll turn around and then i'll hit my my balls and she'll be like dad you hit that far and i'm like yeah so she's like she's, you know they get somebody to look up to like oh i want to be that one day the well, same thing with my daughter with softball you know we're, we're teaching her all the fundamentals and now it's our time to teach her how to play ball and just we had just because um we are trying to figure because my both of my kids are lefties i don't know how or how it happened but i guess um they're they're both lefties so right now we actually just taught my um my daughter to be a, a right hand thrower so um that was kind of tough but we thought it was going to be a trouble but no she picked it up she bats left though and um now it's our turn to like teach her how to like hit the ball throw the ball play the plays play every position we can so and you know that's i feel like uh my wife has a lot of fun teaching her because i'm like yeah that's that was you like i enjoyed her watching her play in college and watching her play was she playing college and she played at cerritos college okay yeah that's a good school to play sport would she play baseball uh she plays softball, softball. Yeah. yeah nice so she um she was a third baseman and I just love watching her play. Even community college, that's still competitive. Oh, it was competitive. People go, oh, there's a USA team or D1, dude. That's still competitive. College, community college is, that's still really competitive. Oh, she played all all kinds of competitive. Just hearing the story sometimes, just with um, with uh, with with her dad and her uncles and like you know I got towards the end. Of course, I met her towards the end. And I was like, I just loved enjoying her, watching her play. And she would tell me, she goes, was I good? And she's like really a humble person. And I'm like, I'm like, oh. It's I, crazy at home when you see your lady playing and she just tur- turns into this something else. Like, it's almost like a turn on. Like, dude, who is this? She's catching the ball, throwing it down the, you know, to the first base. You're like, and then after the game, how was it? You know? Because well, like, she was a third baseman. Yeah. So so she was like, oh, he's like there. And she, oh, I'm telling you, if you, if I. If she would still play today, I would love her. Like, like sometimes when the Olympics, when the Olympics brought back the softball, mm-hmm. that's why I push her. I'm like, baby, you should go try. You should go try. And she goes, no, I'm not good enough. And I was like, trust me, you are good enough. Trust me. I know. I seen it. Like when I remember with my favorite player, and I always tell her up to this day, is when she was, uh, they were playing Mount Sac. She went, it was right off the line, and she went and grabbed it. That was the first out. And I know she tagged it, tagged the girl. Got two a double play that day, and I was like, no. And of course, the ump said, no, it's not a double play. And I was like, no, that was you. That was you for sure. That was a double play, and she plays right off the line. I'm telling you, it was just wonderful. And sometimes I was like, damn, that's my girl out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah, just watching her play was was amazing. And now, like, just trying to teach my teach daughter, daughter to get. How old is your daughter? She's five. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So get age to get them going. Yeah, for sure. A lot of these teams, a lot of these players now, they, they there's so many different leagues and so many different uh, sports that are just wide open now. It, it, the competitiveness and and kids getting great, better at a young age because there's more opportunities for them to get better. When we grew up, there was Pop Warner and then uh, I forgot what the baseball league was, uh, the kids' baseball league growing up. But it was just only a couple leagues for certain sports. Now there's so many different soccer associations, so many uh, flag footballs and, 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 and tackle football now. And these kids are getting so good. Like the team we're playing against uh, 
April 8th, this next Friday, these kids have been playing since they're little with the, with each other, the, the same team. And these guys are quick. They're fast. Uh, my team, they're in developing. They're not – well, they grew up playing too, but not with each other. Uh, they they played with – because you got to go back to COVID. COVID too was – everything was shut down for over two years. Let's just say two years, okay? These guys, a lot of these kids that are on my team, they missed their – their fifth and sixth grade or their sixth and seventh grade and when something like that happens you i've noticed that their development from 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 that has has had a big change on them for example they will start to i see them acting like i give them a little break here get some water and they'll get water and the next thing you know they're climbing up the tree one of them was trying to break the branches down. I says, man, these guys got so much energy. I'm going to just keep working them. But I see that they, they still have that. Even though these kids are 7th and 8th grade, you would think they'd be a little bit more mature. They don't. They still have these like the little kid in them. Because they didn't get to experience that, that to grow out of that little being a kid. Because they were stuck in the house for two years. Everything was online. And so I have to take that in, in perspective and and coach around it and and try to get them to catch up because these kids they they've been through a lot and who knows what's going to have in a long long-term effect on these kids but they're doing good they're they're developing and they're growing up and i'm pushing them they're they're getting to that point uh i give them some time we'll practice before the game i'll give them 20 minutes and then i'll let them goof around and They'll pick up the ball, and, and I, I got to let them have their their time with their friends too. But also I got to have them be serious at times. Oh, yeah. And But the, going back to the competitiveness, these teams, these kids, they're, they're constantly playing sports. There's soccer year-round now. There's baseball year-round now. And, and to go to the next level, like high school, well, let's just go back to junior high. My son tried out for the team, the uh, flag football team, and over 100 people showed up. Just that alone, that's already being competitive. Not, not just you know, and on people, and that's not uh, ranking all the players. And so I tell my son, I said, there's going to be a lot of people showing up for football, and a lot of these kids are gonna. They grew up playing pop Warner. They grew up playing. These parents put them in, and they they put all the energy towards their kids to develop them. And it's what I'm saying is the competitiveness is it's so much higher than when we grew up. Oh yeah, because now you got you got travel, you got travel ball, you got all kinds of stuff like you, you, how you're saying. So I mean, like same thing with me with my daughter. I remember we were going through the pandemic, and you know we're co- coming towards the end, of, not the end of the pandemic, but you know that first wave. Mm-hmm. And um, I had seen an uh, what do you call it, an ad that they were starting baseball. So I texted to my wife and I said, "Hey, you know what? I want to put her in." And she goes, "You really want to put her in?" And I go, "Yeah, let, let's put her in a sport." You know she's of age and let's start let's start now i was like what what year did you start she started she started playing also like softball when she was like five she didn't um she started um travel by eight so she goes well she's on track like i did so i was like yeah let's just go but we weren't sure either i wasn't gonna push her i'm not the type of person to like push her you know your kids because uh, then they end up hating it and then they end up not liking the sport so i said let's just put her and that first year, you know, it's it's the wonderful thing of, of when they play is like they all run to the ball and they all do this and they all do that. 
The second year, um, we actually put her into softball just because um, we're like, well, we need to do the transition one day. Because uh, the first year we um, she played, it was mostly like it was a, that co-ed, uh, t-ball. So now we had transitioned to softball. We said, okay, let's put her to softball. Let her get used to the, you know, girls, just the girls, that camaraderie and everything. The second year, she kind of still struggled. But this year, we were like, okay, we need to buckle down finally where she was like she's getting she's batting and she loves playing video games obviously too so we kind of made a bet with her and we're like hey if you don't use the t at all we'll buy you a robux roblox bucks whatever they they call it she was like, okay and i'm telling you ever since then she's just never used the t we they pitch it to her and she hits it and she makes contact and she's like she loves it she loves it when we go practice she she already knows like okay it's time to go play I mean, go practice. We're gonna practice. We're gonna buckle down, and 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 it all starts at home too. Just parents, you guys need to like get with your kids and practice with your kids. It, it, you know, we all say the same thing with when they go to school. You know, oh, it's the teacher's fault. It's the coach's fault. The coaches don't practice. No, you need to take time out of your day and do and practice with them too. Because just the one time they're with their coaches, it's not enough. They need more time. I tell my one of my my quarterbacks. Uh, he was good. He he was uh, able to understand. He was smart, but he couldn't throw. He couldn't throw certain throws. He'd get nervous during the big games, and I would always tell him because we would pick up my son. If I'm off work, we would pick up my son, and I would drive by, and he's always walking with his friends that are on his team because they all go to the same school. And I would tell him, make sure you throw the ball. You know, make sure you're throwing the ball with your your, your little brother who plays in the league too. Yeah. And I would tell him, you need to work in your arm strength, and you need to start throwing the ball more. And so I did that, and I tell the dad because he missed the first practice. I tell the dad, hey, he's out of town. He went to Washington D.C. for his eighth grade uh, school tr- field trip. So I told him, make sure he's throwing the ball. Make sure he's throwing the ball. He needs to come home and throw the ball. And just like you said, the dad needs to be out there. Hey, throw me the ball. Hey, throw me the ball. Throw the... And I don't know if he – I haven't asked him. Has your dad been practicing with you? But he came in because I got an, I got the quarterback, another quarterback that was on that winning team, the championship team. I got their quarterback. He's on our team. Uh, he – did it? Well, he wasn't in the final championship game, but he was their quarterback all season, and so I got him on the team, and to light a fire under his ass. Well, I didn't ask for him; he just showed up. And oh, you played quarterback? Okay. Yeah. So now I got two quarterbacks dueling for it. So the first mm-hmm. game they took each series, and they're both good. And and I see that he lit that fire under the my original quarterback's ass. Lit mm-hmm. it under his ass. Now he's throwing the ball deep. He's throwing the ball hard. And that's what I've been telling him. I said, he he started off just throwing ducks. Throwing ducks. I said, dude, you got to fucking beam it in there, dude. This is, this is, we're seventh and eighth grade league. This is the highest league or the age group for this league. After that, if you decide you want to go play high school flag football, then that's on you. Yeah. But most people move on and go play high school ball. Yeah. Well, it's funny you bring that up because, uh, my wife too i would tell her like how, how do you practice like like how'd you get so good and she'd be like well one mentality I, I always think is that um and i think her dad taught her was like there's always somebody better and you always got to remember that no matter how good you are there's always somebody better look at kobe look at michael look at all these great you know players and and every other sport that it's always they always 
even if they were good, they practice like there's always going to be somebody better. Mm -hmm. And you have to. You have to have that mentality when you're practicing just because you never know. You know, you can be the starting quarterback today and tomorrow you can be the second string quarterback now just because mm -hmm. somebody came in and knew the play, play, um, the plays better or whatever. And that's how everybody should play is just that, you know, that practice, uh, practice like there's always somebody better yeah, than you because always. they're always. And that's what I told him that yesterday. I said, listen, there's always going to be somebody better than you. That's just the way it is. You might be great. You might be good amongst your peers. But that's when you start moving up that ladder, there's always going to be somebody better. We got so many millions of kids in America and. There's always going to be someone that that's oh, yeah. better. I mean, you you got to take the top competitor sport, baseball, football, you know, all these sports that you think. There's hundreds of kids that w are willing to play. You know, some of these kids play all oh, because I'm good or I'm good with the coach. All right, you're easily replaceable, just like at a job. You're going to be easily replaceable. So you always got to do your best no matter what. Mm -hmm. Like, just play, go out there, and, of course, have fun, man. It's just That's the best thing because – I miss my rugby. And I think a lot. I think the championship game got to them because the parents. I think the parents are. They had a lot of pressure, and it was a lot of them was on the parents of winning champion. You win a championship, you get a big trophy, and you get a ring. Right. And I know it's a lot from the parents because I see the parents. Like I don't. I'm supposed to have an assistant coach and a team mom. No one volunteers, so I do everything on my own, and I just I just put in another practice for for the rest of the season. Two practices a week. And one person was like, oh, he can't make it. He's got basketball. When his son told me, he goes, I'd rather play football because I got a, a chance of winning a championship. He goes, basketball, they suck. He goes, I'd rather – he goes, I'll miss practice. I said, all right, that's cool. But I didn't say anything to the dad when he texted me that, you know, and the group text. He yeah. was like, oh, he's got practice. And then I want to say, well, your son wants to play football. So you're, who's choosing Who's choosing what then? Let him choose, right? Yeah. Well, definitely. So he's choosing the miss. He's choosing the miss football. I mean, so that's is that the dad? Is that the, that's not the son? The son told me something different. He said, yeah. "I want to play. I, yeah, I want to be here." He goes, "I'll just miss one because they practice twice too." He right. goes, "I'll just miss that practice and I'll come here." I told him, "I said it's only seven weeks, dude. We got seven more weeks left." Yeah. Well, and mean, so the dad sent that message. I was like, I didn't even respond. I was pissed off. I was drinking last night after practice, and I was like, I want to fucking just. But I can't. I have to be a coach. I have to be like, okay. I just ignore it. I said, that's my final word. That's it. If you don't like it, go join another team. I mean, he is one of the best players in the team, but the other players ain't too far behind him. He's just got really good, uh, really good jukes. He's got really good. Uh, he's got quick feet. Right. <clears throat> but I mean, yeah. I mean, for for my daughter, she uh, we're we're hoping for the best. She loves it. Now we're getting my son. He's only three. So we're we're getting him. He's gonna be a straight up lefty no matter what. So um, we're working with him, and then just like we had practice with my daughter, cause you know they had two games, and uh, of course cause of weather delays and all this. Just this week, um, we took my son and my daughter. You know, we finally bought him a glove to my son, and um, we uh we went practicing, and we let him hit the balls, and we let him throw the balls around and everything, and he was like. Mom, Dad, Dad, Mom, Dad, I, I want to play baseball now. <laughs> we're like, good. <laughs> so we're in the works with him too now. So it, it's just fun. It's honestly fun just being that parent and teaching your kids to play and, you know, but also be humbled about it. You let, know? Them to pick, let them to pick the sport. Right. And, you know. I didn't, yeah, I didn't tell my son to go, go play that. 
we forced him into Taekwondo because he, we wanted him to have discipline, and he became a black belt. And then COVID hit, and then after COVID, that's when he was like, hey, I want to play football, and I want to try this sport. And so I was like, okay, try it out. And then he liked it. So I, I, I try not to push them. I mean, there's certain things that they I want them to learn, such as discipline. Taekwondo teaches a lot of discipline and focus. Yeah. At a young age, he was, he was a wild boy, which most kids are. And I took that one from one of my good friends, Bill Maala. Shout, shout out to my homie Bill who's been on the show. His son was as older, like he's in his 20s now. But I remember him signing him up for Taekwondo and I remember calling him, I'm at, I'm at his Taekwondo practice. And then his son came with Taekwondo, black belt, tournament, stuff like that. And then he, when he got into high school, he played other sports. But he excelled in other sports, even though he didn't play that, those sports growing up because of his athletic ability from Taekwondo and his discipline and being able to follow directions. And he was an, he was an all-star uh, at, a, at his high school. And so I took that and I, I did that to my boy. I go put him in Taekwondo. I know people put people their kids in jiu-jitsu yeah. now and those other things. And, I, and I'm sure those things are really, really uh, good too. Well, it, it's funny you bring that up just because uh, I uh, actually got into football. I mean, I, I didn't grow up in the great area. In the hood area so i had to do a lot of things with my with my time you know i didn't play sports i played t-ball i played you know baseball all the way up to like seventh grade uh from seventh i think seventh grade to like 10th grade i didn't really play sports but i saw myself like getting involved with all the like you know the not the gang life but you know just the i was like the hang around with the gangs and all this other stuff and i was just like I don't want to end up like that so I had to do something with my time so I, I that's when I found football and I joined football at, at in high school and, but my sport honestly was always wrestling and I argue with my wife a little bit now just because I'm trying to get my kids in wrestling just because it keeps you how to like keep your temper in, in, involved and and like not spur out and and I remember even one practice I was wrestling with a guy he was out in the college level and he goes, man, how old are you? And I, I forgot. I think I was like 17 that time. And he goes, you're a senior? And he goes, yeah. He goes, you're thinking about college? And I was like, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. We'll see. And he goes, you would really be a good wrestler at that uh, if you go college level because you're really good. And I was like, thanks. But I think it's just uh, getting involved in sports, honestly, keeps you out of trouble. And, and that's what I always say, mm. you know, keeping our kids in, in involved with sports, no matter what it is, you know, Regardless of baseball, football, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, or any kind of like self-defense classes, because that's another problem in this world, and people don't want to accept it. It's bullying, and that's one thing we need we need to get involved with. It's just bullying. Now I was bullied. I'm not gonna lie. I was a I was a big kid when I was in growing up. You're a bully. No, I was getting. Oh, bullied. you're getting bullied. Yeah, and and I saw it all, and and you know we we talk about all this. Uh, people getting um, depressed and all this stuff and i go yeah because bullying is real just and he got cyber bullying now yeah well that's, that's even, even worse, worse now. yeah just because you, you know people want to sit behind the keyboard and talk their shit and yeah. it's like Come keyboard on, tough guy yeah <laughs> but and i bet you if i ran into you in the street you wouldn't do shit so come on guys yeah i've had comments on my instagram some people do shit and i just i ignore it and i block them dude like there's no, there's no room for negativity, and 
I don't know. It's it's. I don't know what it is, man. But people do that. I don't know what it what what kicks them. I mean, I try to think about it. Like, what if I did that? What if I just start talking shit on celebrities and just digging in on them? Like, what gratification am I gonna get out of that? What they respond or they block me, and then what does that bring? What kind of satisfaction does that bring me? But sometimes you you gotta think about. Okay, am I gonna say something negative just to get their response and then get their attention? And that's what a lot of people do. I'm gonna say something negative just to get their attention, and I'm like, why? Like, why not just be positive in this world? You know, just because people want to fucking start shit and, and whatever and whatnot. It's like, you guys need to be more positive, you know? But, I mean, just people, just the whole cyberbullying is just, it's, it brought it to a whole different level. And it's like, what, what are you guys thinking? Like, you guys just bullying somebody. You don't know what they're going through. They can have mental health issues and Sometimes whatnot. Sometimes I just want to just start talking <laughs> shit, dude. I'll go, oh, you want to talk? Let's fucking go. But I refrained myself. I said, mm-hmm. no, I don't got time for this. It's not going to it's not gonna help anything. It's not going to solve anything. No. And so I just let it go. And, and that's what we and try. I tell, and that's what I tell teach my kids. Just let it go. Yep. And that's what we try to teach you, my kids, because yeah, I, I have a bad anger issue. I, my wife even tell me, you have anger issues. And I go, yeah. I think but- every guy's got anger issues. <laughs> Everyone just knows how to hide it better. I got anger issues. Oh, and that's the thing. We all have anger issues. But, yeah, like, you know, and the, what brings me what brings me down is just teaching and being a better person and, and teaching my kids, honestly. That's, that's like, those those kids are, are my world. So is my wife, you know, just because it's always, uh, and my wife goes, we we like go out and she goes literally our kids are our best friends they're like yeah our broke two brick broke best friends that we have because they're, they're willing to go we're, wherever we go you know we're willing to bring them around and and that's our world that everything like we just breathe them and we're just trying to teach them to be better people and obviously raise them better just because i didn't have the best but you know my my parents were immigrants so I get it, you know, they did the best they could for us, and now it's we got to pass it along to our kids, and hopefully they do better, and you know, and just go on from there. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, we need to have more conversations like this when it comes to podcasting and watching TV and everything they're they're putting out there. It's it's programming us, and is it positive or is it negative? You know, if I think about everything I watch, I mean, right now it's on. Right now I'm binge watching The Wire, and I started from the beginning, and it's it's pretty boring. I'm fall I'm falling asleep. I always <laughs> fall asleep, but I still watch it. It's something. It's it's a, it's a long, bunch of seasons. I like binge watching all kinds of stuff, and just to that that's just for me to relax. But how many people watch it and actually think that's how the certain things and that's how the real world is? Well, it's funny because I, I, I watch a lot of shows and sometimes like I'll daydream and be like, man, I wish I was that. Because I remember growing up to like when I went to school the first time around when I went to college, I wanted to become a cop really bad. And I was like, oh, I'm going to work hard. You know, I was, you know, walking a straight line and everything. But then, you know, things you get influenced and you start changing and and, and it's just one of those things that you got to think about. What am I going to do in life sometimes, too? So it's it's different, honestly. Yeah, it's a scary time when you 18, 19, 
you still you graduate high school, you think you're free, and you go out in the real world and you try to find a good paying job and you want to buy a home and do all. And it's not like that. No. And then my daughter, she's 19, and she's going through that right now. She graduated from high school, and, but she didn't even – she missed her senior year because of COVID. Oh. Yeah, I think junior and senior year. No, junior year – no, my bad. Senior year and the first year of college. She Everything was online. And she's been work. she's worked. She's already had a handful of jobs already. She's moving up in the workforce world. And she, you know, to put yourself in their shoes, you know, and put myself in my shoes, what I've been through, it, it's got to, I, I would say it's a lot harder because they want what we wanted at that age. We wanted to make money, want to make bank, bro. You know, you want to buy a new car. You want to get your own spot. Hey, this is it. I, I did it. That's how I wanted it. And that's, I know a lot of people else wanted it. But it didn't work that way. It's a, it's a process. I tell people it's a process. I saw one of my coworkers yesterday. He was selling shirts. Matter of fact, let me give him a shout out. I told him I'd hook him up. One of my coworkers, shout out to Robert Murphy, all the coworkers that listen to him or that know him, look him up. He's on Etsy. Etsy is a, a website that they sell all kinds of merch. It's just it's people that that live in the, in the USA. I don't know, maybe other countries too, but everything is, is people make their own stuff. Everything is homemade. He printed out his own shirts, sweaters, and he's called, he is called, it's called Hood Hat Trap Worldwide. So if you go on Etsy, it's all one word. Just put it all together. It's not separated. Hood Hat Trap Worldwide. I'll spell it for you guys. H-O-O-D-H-A-T-T-R-A-P-W-O-R-L-D-W-I-D-E. Hood Hat Trap Worldwide. He's got some merch on there. He's got sweaters with, with crazy designs. He's got a hat, certain type of hats, shirts. And so he's starting his own business. He's, he's starting his own business. He's been doing it for years. I got a couple shirts. I got uh, one of the shirts that I have. It's up there on Instagram. I, I, I posted the picture plenty of times. Uh, it says "fuck socialism," but it's the way it's written out. It's really it's really cool. I've had that shirt for years, as a matter of fact, and I wear it uh, periodically. I don't wear it all the time, but he, he he's getting in the merch game. And I, I really like his, his product. So you guys check a look, take a look, check it out. His prices are really cheap. I think twenty bucks a sweater, which nowadays is really cheap. You know, ten bucks a shirt, really cheap. So he's 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 trying to start his own business. He's a coworker of mine. Shout out to my boy Rob Murph. You got anybody you want to shout out? Uh, since we're on the on the subject, I have this uh, really cool. It, she's uh she's one of the driver's wife out in uh, Florida. And I actually get all my stickers. It's uh, Haley Bug Creations, all one word also. Uh, H-L-L-E-Y-B-U-G-G-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S. Uh, she's a driver's wife. She does a lot of my stickers that I get. You know, you can get your Team Search stickers in there. Um, she's willing to do any personal or customized stuff. You, you know, she can put your, um, what your, your uh, what job, job title is, you know, feeder, Preloader. She can do something for my podcast. Right. Like do something like my podcast plus I'm a UPS driver. 
Yeah, really? she's really she 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 does a lot of custom uh, custom. Because I need a designer. I don't have. Everyone's asking me when he coming out with merch. When he coming out with merch, I says, being an artist is the I I don't. I can tell you that I can tell you about me. I can tell you what this podcast is about. But when it comes to pictures and like a lot of my tattoos are words, yeah, and and people express themselves not just words but pictures. And I, I can. One of my coworkers is like, I like the the one with the cups. The cups that start with that. They said start with that design. Yeah. That's so I said. Yeah, you're right. But I wanna, I want something that's gonna be me, like the Kobe emblem or the Michael Jordan emblem. Everyone sees that Michael Jordan emblem. Everyone knows that's yeah. Michael Jordan. I wanted something like that. I well, guess that's what you're saying. But what, it, what I'm saying is. I need someone. I need yeah. an artist. I need someone. Well, to she's really good. Like she always does my custom. So what do you tell her? Like what you want? You um, well, she already has some pre-made stuff. You know, the Teamster emblem, and then she puts in like for mine. Obviously, was like package card, and then she has like a literally a package card um, on it. And then I told her to put like th- local because they asked you what local you are. So I was local three ninety six, and um and I you know I sport it because I put it on the on the back of my car. And actually, I saw uh, one of the drivers asked me one time. He goes, "Hey, I like your sticker. Uh, where'd you get it?" And I and I told him, and I, you know, I put in an order, obviously for them. But I was like, "You guys should check her out. She she does a lot of good stuff. You know, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be a package." And I can give her my my link tree co- uh, link tree uh, Q and R code, and it's something like where it's a sticker. I'm pretty sure she she can. She she's really talented. I'm telling you, like I told her, because I I she does some custom. She does her own thing. But I had told her, oh, can you change the colors or you can change this? She goes, yeah, I'm willing to do it. And she changed it for me. And um, I'm telling you, she does a lot of good stuff. How would you find her? I actually found her because uh, I honestly don't remember. But I think I was on Instagram and I came across her and I seen, you know, the Teamster logo and obviously being a Teamster. So I seen it and I was like, oh, and I, I first time I, I just ordered from her and she's really cheap. It's like probably five dollars a sticker or anything, you know. I have one on my water jug. I have one on my car. I actually got one for the wife. You know, it's just, you know, we got to be pro teamster. And um, she's uh, she does a lot of good she stuff. She can give you the emblem and you can make shirts out of it then. Um, she, I think she's she, trying she, she to come make, out. She yeah, can I make think, you a design. You know, make me this design. I'll pay you for the design. And then I can go and print out my own shirt. I'm pretty sure she's doing um, also like gear, like sweaters or T-shirts. But um. You know she's having a hard time right now, so I, I uh, she she actually went on vacation or something, so I uh, I haven't hit her up, but I, I was gonna order some more stuff just because more drivers are seeing the sticker and they're like, oh, get me one, get me one. Yeah, then that's when you get them for five, you sell them for twenty. <laughs> it, well, I wouldn't make a profit if anything. I'll send her the the the. Well, she's making a profit. Yeah. yeah. She's definitely making a profit. She probably does it for like two cents. Yeah, or some. I mean, mean, not that cheap, but like maybe 25 cents a sticker. She's got to connect. I mean, yeah, she's not doing it. Well, she's doing it out of her house. She's making profit. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's why I'm like, I'm not willing to make a profit. I'd rather have her make a profit. I I don't You know, so she, like I said, her stickers are great quality and everything. And I actually like them, but I had couple of drivers check out well, my stickers. Well, if she charges you five, then pay her ten. <laughs> For real. Okay, pay her ten. Okay, everyone makes makes a little bit of money. And the stickers are yeah. cheap. She charges you five. You pay her ten. Tell me, give me a, give me fifty of them, and then you sell them for twenty. Yeah. It, it you it, it's right for you to get paid, dude. You you're doing all the work and you're 
you already made the design and you're bringing them out. I mean, that's capitalism right there, dude. It's no and dri- people who make money like drivers. Twenty bucks isn't nothing, dude. Oh, Come yeah. on, bro. <laughs> I went out for sushi the other day. I spent one hundred seventy-five dollars. <laughs> okay, twenty bucks for a sick-ass sticker you can put on your car. Yeah, that's ain't no thing. How many of us? How many drivers spend money on fucking the bar every night? I know people that spend fucking sixty bucks a night at the bar. They go seven days a week. You know, everyone drivers make money, and a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are drivers. So, I mean, I'm just saying, put some, and then yeah. you grow with that. Yeah. Use that money to, uh, you know, help your kid get him a, a coach or you know it's, it's okay to make a little money yeah i know you want to feel humble like no 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 like come on man everyone's fucking got a side gig yeah you know i'm not making money off of this i like podcasting but eventually i want to sell shirts make a little bit of money that way i could get a better studio a bigger better studio with a with a sick ass emblem and people coming in and though that's my dream it just takes time right and that's what i was talking about with my coworker. everything takes time I tell my kids, everything takes time. Tell the kids on my coach, everything takes time. Development takes time. I go, I didn't make money the man I'm making now right out of high school. It took time. It's a progress. Okay, for people like that, that are born into rich and they got all the money unlimited, that's, let me tell you, man, that's pretty, that's pretty rough to live like that because you're not learning anything. You're not learning when you're born with a golden spoon fed in your mouth no. where you can got anything. The process of grinding and working towards something is the most amazing feeling in the world. And I've done a lot of drugs that made me fucking feel good. And one thing that makes me that's what's just so satisfying is the grind. OK, I, I had a kid when I was 20. I was in college. I still finished college. I went three years after that and, and pushed through and worked part time and grinded it out. And grinded to get to the position where I was able to buy my own house when I was 24 w- with my wife and, and my kid. And I have a picture of me graduating and my kids in, in my arms. She was like she was like four or five. Mm. And I nice. put I grinded through it. And I've learned the pr- I've been through the process where I know it takes time. It takes years to get to that status. You're not going to get it as soon as you're 18. Yeah, you got those few that are YouTubers and TikTokers and they're dancing and doing weird shit. Mr. Beast. I watch all those guys and those, those are very special rare breeds like a Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant. These these kids just, just have it and, and they, they got you know unlimited money and you see them giving a lot of that money back too. But what I'm trying to say is the grind, the process. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the grind. That that's the most satisfying thing in this on on this world is be able to finish something. Say you you buy a farm and you build a farm, and you learn how to how to grow vegetables and do this and that. And then the and the end is springtime. You're sitting there and you're watching all your your beautiful garden, your horses play, and you you built that, you grinded that. And I think one thing me and my lady get along so well. She likes to build shit. Everything in this backyard she built. These bricks she put in. Those bricks back there she built that fence. Uh, she does all the gardening. She made that 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 fairy pond right there. She did she did all this, and she, her satisfaction is it takes time. It's a process, but once it's done, look at it. And we need we need to bring that back to the kids. Everybody wants it now. The internet's so fast now. Instagram satisfaction. You want TikTok? Everything's quick now. The videos are ten seconds on, and so we put that into our kids. And then when they go to real life, they expect everything to be quick because I'm the same way too. As a UPS driver, we're always quick, 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 quick. We want to hurry up and get down. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. 
and we have to learn is fucking to shut it down, slow it down. And there's some people that have a, are able to accomplish that. Uh, I'm learning in that process. I'm in a Wally run now. I've gained fucking 25 pounds uh, since I t- took the. No, actually, I, I came gained 40 fucking pounds since I took this position. I, I was so used to moving, moving, moving. Now I'm, I'm slow, 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 slow. You know that satisfaction of working hard and and work and doing your thing. And then now it's like I'm slowing down. Okay, I'm hungry. I need to I need to crave this satisfaction. So I need to get my satisfaction. I used to be working hard, running fast, and and not running, but you know what I mean. Just just get a good rhythm. You're you're yeah. in a, you're in a groove. Listen to a podcast. Listen to music. And you go from that, and that was your satisfaction. To I don't have that satisfaction, that that feeling anymore. That 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 endorphins, that dopamine feeling. So I got to replace it. What do you replace it with? Let me get a fucking nice iced coffee. Let me go have a good lunch at fuck. I get to take a lunch now. Let me get let me get the fucking whole menu. Let me go to Shakey's and get the fucking buffet. And it's cool. It's it's good for a moment. But then after, after so long, man, you fucking blow up. You start getting fat. You're like, fuck, what do I do? I got to, you know, I don't know how I can't got off on this tangent going from uh, working hard. And to, I guess I, I, I've worked hard where I got to earn it, where... At the end, it's okay. You're you're just relaxed now. You 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 beat you beat that. It's a process. But it's funny that you bring that up too. Also, like, cause my wife, she was pregnant with our son when she was going to college, and um, she, when she went to college, she was going to Cal State Long Beach, and she was like, people were telling like, how are you still coming? She goes, well, I still gotta get it done. She literally had our kid. She only took like one week off and went back to school. So I'm telling, I'm gonna tell everybody right now, it's not easy. It's not easy. You know, for me and um, Steve, we didn't get to where we're at. You know, like I'll I'll tell you guys my resume right now. I I went from working at a RIA, which was one of my it was like sending money, you know, to the different countries. Then I went to um, I went into Jack in the Box. Then I went to checking the cash. And then from there I went to Catech. Um, I, you know, I spent a couple of years there and then I went to, uh, delivering bread at one time and, and, uh, and, uh, delivering bread out of like a little bobtail and between, you know, between that, before I even got to UPS, I was working at a, you know, with my mom, you know, doing some cleaning services. Um, but it it doesn't come easy for sure. You know, like coming to UPS, finally getting into UPS and, um, you know, at UPS, I was like a preloader for two years. I picked off for another two and a half years, and then um, I I became a cover driver, and obviously that's when the the contract kicked in, and I became uh, a two two four, and finally got blessed to become a utility driver. So it's not easy to where we uh where we you know to get to where we're at. It's not it's not like it happens overnight, like Steve said. We have to work hard on it. We have to get to, we, we have to grind it out. And all this process from, you know, I'm 31 now. So obviously this process wasn't easy. Like, you know, 18, 19 year old, everybody wants to get it. Like, you know, Steve said that, you know, we want it now. Everybody wants to get it now. Like you hear about, oh, you know, 30 minute ab workouts and all this. Stuff. That ain't true, man. It's, it's You put in the grind, you put in the time and it's going to come to, you, you know, like you said also, like. Some people do get blessed and get, you know, at 18, 19 year olds. That's good. But, you know, 10 years from now, are they still going to be doing the same thing? Are they still going to be able to be blessed? Are they, are they still going to be able to, like, make as much as they did the first time around? So don't think just the grass is greener on the other side. You work on yourself and you, you worry about yourself 
and, and trust me it's gonna come to you and one day it's gonna it's gonna come to you but i'm telling you i i'm i'm fortunate to be at ups you know a, a lot of us you know sometimes it sucks being at ups i'm not gonna lie you know because we get stressed out we we get uh we get told oh you need to go do this you need to go do that or do this pickup or hop out this guy just because you're you're doing better than other drivers but i mean we all we, we're all together in this so we gotta hop out you know but um you know the the thing that i i feel like uh the teamsters gave to us is that we're blessed to have what we have you know we have different uh we have different um what do you call it benefits that we get trust me i came from a lot of these jobs where i had to pay for my benefits i had my co-pay was 50 bucks and and you know paying monthly i had to pay 100 bucks or 200 dollars which that's expensive you guys you know what we pay at a union dues you know sometimes for some of us drivers we have to pay 80 bucks 100 bucks or whatever it is trust me that's way more benefit because you get like a five in one combo you know you get protection from the from the um the union you get dental you get vision you get you get all this other stuff and, and, and nobody even uses it and some of us like, <laughs> i know people i see at work man their teeth are all fucking snaggle tooth <laughs> like hey dude we got good benefits man like go take care of yourself you don't understand that that stuff fucks up your uh, it gets into your immune system all that tartar and plaque goes into your bloodstream and in the long run it, it causes disease and People need to start taking advantage of those benefits, and that's one thing I wanted to talk about is take advantage of those benefits. We got great benefits. When I was sick with a sinus infection, I went to the doctors, and it was a, the uh, walk-in. So it's like it's not an emergency, but it's a, it's a walk-in where you don't set an appointment with your own doctor. And I walked in, and the copay was 10 bucks. And, you know, oh, that's 10 bucks. And you look up, and you look around. People are going, oh, shit. You see the look, because I know my mom and my dad. My dad's retired; they got to pay for their insurance now. They're not old enough to get uh, medic medical, and their copay is a hundred bucks a pop. Every time they go to a walk-in or it's a non-emergency, it's a hundred bucks. So, take advantage of those benefits: vision, dental. I when my brother passed, I was due for my cleaning. I always get my teeth cleaned. Okay. I chew tobacco. I know it's a nasty habit. Uh, it's just like smoking a cigarette. Uh, but I do take care of my teeth. I get them whitened. And I, I do my best to cle keep my mouth clean. Anyways, my brother passed. I was due with my sixth month. I didn't go. I didn't go. I didn't go. He kept calling me. I just I just didn't want to go. I didn't want to do anything. Nothing to take care of myself. I mean, I let myself go drinking and eating out. So anyways, I I went, I went, I just recently went. I was like, fuck, I'm probably going to have like three cavities or they're going to have to re redo a filling. And I'm I just had this negative thought in my mind. And I went, I you know, brushed my teeth, cleaned my teeth, and I went in there. And he, he did the x-rays where you do the x-rays and they look for cavities. And I'm like, okay, he's going to say something. He came in and I my brother went to this dentist. Uh, my whole family went to the dentist. My mom and dad goes to this dentist. Shout out to Dr. Chang. Anyways, he's did it. He goes, hey, man, how you been? And we talked a little bit about my brother, my parents. And, and then he goes, okay, yeah, everything looks good, man. He goes, I don't see any plaque, any tartar. He went in there. He cleaned a little bit of spots out. And I had no cavities. I was like, holy shit. 
And I felt good after that. Felt felt really good. Like, so shit, I think you know? some people don't realize how good our dental. Cause I'm I'll tell you this. Every time I go to the dentist too, they uh they tell me, dang, you really have good dental insurance. Mm-hmm. Where do you work? And I'm like UPS, and they're like UPS has that. And I go yeah. And they're like this is really good. Don't leave that job. And I was like oh I know. I come from different jobs where we we only got health some in some places. You know health, and that was paying like arm and a leg sometimes just for health. So not to have vision and dental, you know, like getting everything covered. I, I forget how much vision covers. And I, I every time I go, I get a new pair of glasses or, you know, going to dentist. It's just like, OK, you're you're good for a cleaning. OK, how much is my copay? Oh, you don't have a copay. Oh, Jesus Christ. So it, it's really like people. I get it. Like, I honestly get it. But we got to take it, you know, for what we pay for our union dues. It covers it all. And you guys need to uh, just take care of yourself and this is why we can because we we get our vision and that's literally why i wanted a union job because when i saw my dad you know rest in peace um he uh he had a union job and uh he we were always covered depending in dental vision or or just health it just simply as health like we were always covered because i have a health problem i i I had a i had a heart tumor i mean a murmur and um, I was always taken care of. I couldn't go to the doctor, you know, and uh, just a couple of years back, my... Uh, How do they take care of that heart rumor? I actually had to get um, uh, operated. Pacemaker? No, I had to actually get operated, open heart they, surgery. And what do they do? They pretty much, um, they had to stitch it up because it's a hole in your heart. So pretty much they had to um, open me up. And uh, back in those days, because this happened back in 95, oh. um, they had to open me up or- and... They right there on the chest bone, Pretty chest much. plate. So I have a uh, have that scar. So so they broke through your chest plate. Yeah. Holy shit. So they had to get in. And, and well, how do they repair the chest plate? I have no clue because obviously I was unconscious. But uh, pretty much because now they now they they when when people need for heart when they have a clogged arteries, they don't do that no more. They go through your gooch. There's a there's well. A there's spot different ways. There's even there's they even. can go up there and do it, but they don't do what they do no. now. That, open that, heart surgery like that with the through the chest plate yeah. they don't do that no more well that's why i was just talking to my wife just recently too i i had told her because she goes how were you feeling how were you like breathing and i go honestly i don't remember just talking to my to my mom and my aunts and you know like you were the kid that would you know you're a kid you're running around but you would stop and you'd be like <laughs> breathing hard and everything and, and, and they would uh and they would just tell me how i was doing until i got my surgery done and um pretty much um, they, yeah, they opened me up. I have a, st- I still have it to this day. I have the, um, a scar down through my, my chest area where they open you up, they repaired your heart and then they like close you all, all up. Um, actually my son is going through that right now cause he has a heart murmur. What's a heart murmur? Uh, what, it's like, it's just it? pretty much a, a hole in your heart. But how do you, how do you know you have it? Um, they listen to it. They like when my son was born, they, um, they they listen to your heart you know before they release you you know you have all these all these doctors coming and visit visiting your 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 baby and making sure everything's fine but for him um we hadn't noticed a, a nurse had came in and with the stethoscope was listening to his heart and she goes and she kind of gave us a face and we're like oh damn what is it and she kind of told us she goes i'm this i'm hearing your kid your your baby's heart and i feel like there's a heart murmur so it's pretty much a, a hole in your heart when um, the you have four chambers. I can't remember how they they go, but um, there's a hole and there's like un there's a rhythm that it does. 
So she listened to that. She goes, I, I can't really define it. So we had a cardiologist visit us that day, which is still my, my son's on cardiologist. And um, he listened to it and he told us, he goes, yeah, he has a, we're going to have to do an echo and all this stuff. So pretty much they went in, they did an echo and they seen a, a hole in his heart where the, where it's not too bad because he has a medium. Does blood to, come out of that hole? No, um, pretty much. So it's like, because, you know, you have your four different changes where blood becomes yeah. oxygen and not everything, how it works, the heart hurt works. So he, uh, he has that problem too. I feel bad at the time just because I told my wife I had it, so I thought it was hereditary. And you know, we're talking to what the, kind of ailments did you have? Do you have any ailments? You just don't know. You just don't until know until you go and I, until what? you what? listen to it. Like oh. mine got so severe because I was, you didn't have any physical side effects before that. Um, well, that was one thing because he was the only thing that heart murmur can cause is uh, uh, you know, I like my family is kind of tall. I'm kind of short. You know, I'm like five six, five seven or so. Mm-hmm. But I guess I should have been taller, but just because the heart murmur affected me for so long because I, I didn't, we didn't find it and we didn't take care of it until I, I was five years old, that it can, you know, bother your, your, um, the way you grow and the way you, I should have been taller, honestly, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm good. Uh, I'm fine. But, um, for my son, same thing. That's why we're like, okay, can we, we're, we're taking care of it. We go to a doctor. Now it's yearly just because he got to a point where he was just like, we need to vi- he needs to come visit us yearly which is a good thing um so now now nowadays it's it's more you can take care of it easier it's not as pretty much severe just because i meant how do they how would they take care of something like that now? So, um nowadays some people they uh i've talked to met different people because i tell them like oh yeah i had a heart murmur because sometimes they see my scar and they're like what'd you have and you know they think the worst and i'm like no i just had a heart murmur oh crazy i had a heart murmur too and I'm like, yeah, did you have surgery? And they're like, yeah. But sometimes now because of technology and everything, they only have to make two holes and put in like two long as, um, uh, I don't know how they call it, and just go in. So like you said, they don't have to be breaking the chest yeah, plate no, and all that. It's, no it's not crazy like surgeries anymore and all that. But some every now and then they have to get in and be how I did it. So um, for mine, it was though not the worst case scenario, but it was the, best case scenario where they had to go Shit. in and fix it and all that you do you remember it actually kind of in a way because you're five right? <laughs> i was five so i can they remember put you to sleep I, I remember going in they put the gas mask on and then they count they told me to count to 10 which you only get to three and by then you're like out and then i remember waking up and every day that i was in the hospital i i, I kind of remember because i remember telling my mom like, I just want to go home. I want to get home. I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go home. I want to go home. So I don't know how long I lasted, honestly. And um, Do they I, break your ribs? I have no idea, Yeah, because if you got one lying scar, they're going through the chest plate. Yeah. That means they got to open you up. I think they break your ribs. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because they, they have to get to my heart just so they can get inside my heart and uh, actually stitch it up so that whole – because what's going on is that you're you're not getting too much oxygen in, in, in your body, and and that's the thing. That, that will affect your growth. Pretty much. So if you're not getting oxygen, you're not breathing right, you're not growing right, and everything's not working right. So with – So me, if you get really fat and big, that means you're getting too much oxygen. 
<laughs> that I do not know. <laughs> I think that's a different uh, consuming. What's wrong, babe? You gain weight. I go up, gain. I'm drinking, getting too much goddamn oxygen. That's what it is. I need to stop fucking breathing. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, for for my son, it, it, best case scenario, we had just gone in the beginning of the year, and uh, they told us that it's getting smaller. That I seen the numbers. I don't really got not too many medical terms, but I was reading the numbers, and I was like, hey, the numbers kind of went down. And I talked to the cardiologist. I went actually with my son, and he was like, yeah, it's closing, but um, obviously don't fix anything that's not broken, so we're not going to get in. He goes, I am going to have a meeting with the d- different colleagues, and we're going to get together, and then we're going to see what what's, what we can do. But if we're not going to touch in, he doesn't want to give him medication. He doesn't want to uh, have surgery for him yet. you know. But, you know, worst-case scenario, we're, we're just going to have to go in and close it in ourselves. But we're hopefully not just because it's, it's a scary thing when you're dealing with the heart. So, so the, it can actually, the whole guy actually close on its own? Pretty much. Mm. Yeah, we, um, we're we hoping it does close on its own just because, you know, your body is, uh, you know how they say it, it is a temple. So they actually, it heals on its own. So we're, we're hoping it does close. Um, but I mean, at this point, we're just hopeful and we go every year checkup. We do every checkup we do and and hopefully it, it does close. If not, then hopefully with some medication, maybe it helps out. Just because the worst thing, the scariest thing I, I, I feel like is it's going under under the knife. Honestly, it's, it's always the scariest part. Yeah, one thing is a big, a big issue now to what's well, close to me now is it's kids. A lot of my friends and family having kids with autism. Okay. You know, I, I, I wonder if that's because of the food, the, the stuff that's in the food, all the processed food, the environment, such as the, the, the fuel exhaust we're breathing for the planes. Uh, so everything's changed now where there's, there's more, seems to be more diseases, more uh, viruses popping up. And autism is one where I'm, I'm really skeptic about well that's one that's on i feel like it's not one that we can really talk about and touch because we have uh we have certain we have certain uh we have certain people that believe that autism comes from vaccines and you know do what you want it's fine i'm not gonna judge you but people believe that autism is brought by vaccines which it's not you know i've looked at i went to school you know, just talking to my professors and all them, they're like, autism is not caused by vaccines. I know we had one doctor say that, yeah, it is caused by vaccines, but actually it's not. You know, that's why we had so many skeptical people with with um, COVID that didn't want to believe that, you know, oh, no, we're going to get something from the vaccine and all this other stuff. You know, I, I know that you're, you lost your brother with COVID. Actually, my closest friend that... You know, yeah, this from him. the same, yeah. the same uh, center. Yeah, what was his name? Ray Rojas. And he died how many days after my brother? I think a week after. Actually, just talking about it, I remember it was like a week after your brother had passed. My um, that was one of my closest friends. He like, you know, because some of these, these workers that we work with, um, they become more than friends. They become. Didn't like, a supervisor die too? Yes. It was like three people who yeah. died. It, it was like back to back to back. And that was an ugly strain. Whatever oh. that strain was, was a fucking. It was horrible. It was an ugly one. And, and I'll tell you this. I, I, from what I remember, he was uh, he was one of my closest friends. But um, he uh, 
I remember it was a Saturday. We were supposed to do a fantasy league, and he, he let us know. Somebody vouched in for him. He was like, hey, he's going to take care of uh, my uh, my draft. And we said, okay, that's fine. And that day he was like, hey, you guys, I'm going to go into the hospital. Be careful and take care of yourselves. Sure enough, by Monday, because it was, it was Saturday, Sunday, Monday happened. You know, we all tried to get in contact with him on Sunday. Nothing happened. Actually, on Monday, um, one of the one of the guys hit me up. He goes, hey, have you heard of, of, of Ray? And I was like, no. Um, I go, no, what, what, why, what's going on? And he goes, hey, there's a video posted of him on Instagram. One of the girls, one of the bars he goes to posted a video of him, you know, rest in peace. And I was like, no, there's no way. So right away I called Terry and I'm like, hey, Terry, um, can you find out of this? And he was like, no, it, it's my friend um, Gax. And I said, no, 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 I know about him. I, I want to. I'm talking about Ray Rojas, you know, find out if you can. And he was like, uh, let me call you back. You know, how was there a saying that he did my brother's route? No, that's how he got sick. But it no. wasn't true. I I'll tell you this right now. He didn't do that route because we thought the same thing. So, too. so it was going around in the center. Um, It wasn't in the center either. Just because he was uh, he wasn't a big believer of the vaccine, honestly. I'll but it was that the the the. the I think it was that, just the that strain. strain was I think it was just that the, strain was took going him out. around in your center, though. Yeah, I think it was just that strain that that that. Where it's I think just it like was it the gets Delta. Get cluster. Yeah, that Delta strain. It was one of them, but like yeah, I said, yeah, my my dad was is in shape. He's in sick. He's sixty. Yeah. Perfect health. Goes to the doctors. He, no high blood pressure. No cholesterol. No diabetes. I mean, he's perfectly healthy. Uh, Sixty-two years old. Uh, my mom. You know, she she has some ailments, but they both got it, and they both almost died. They were in the hospital for over a month, and they still suffer from long COVID. And my dad was – this is the, what I looked at. My dad was 62, and he was perfectly healthy. And that's how bad it, fuck, it, it hit him. It's it's crazy. And some people, you, you get it, you, you knock it down, it's no big deal. Well, it was like my wife. My wife caught it in the beginning of 2021, and she had caught it. Actually, it was like literally on New Year's Day we had found out that she was positive, and it it was before the Delta strain, and we uh, when she had caught it, you know, she was like, I feel really sick. I feel really sick, and I was just like, No, no, you know, I mean, trying to play it off. Maybe it's just a cold, but now I feel now I when I see oh cool like flu symptoms, I go oh shit, it is. <laughs> The COVID is kind of like like a cold or flu symptoms, and I saw it because she was like running nose and all that, and so we went to go get tested, and she was positive, and obviously because I was nearby her, obviously my wife, um, I had to go on quarantine, and trust me, it wasn't fun. I mean, you know, people are like, oh, I don't mind catching it, and I go, no, it's nothing you want to deal with, because not on top of the COVID you have to deal with, it's the the um, depression you got to deal with just because you're isolated in a room you can't get out you can't get the sun you can you know what i mean you can but like if you're living with others is like you don't want to infect them just because what you're going through so it's a it's a mental health issue too like you yeah, have being to, in a good close in a room yeah so, so you're you're enclosed in a room and it, it wasn't fun honestly it, it, it wasn't fun for her it wasn't fun for me you know and the first thing i thought was what our kids i was like what do we do with our kids you know my my sister being a doctor i, I called her up and I was like, is it fine if we're My around? My son that got COVID. He had a quarantine, even though he's, he's vaccinated. And, But he's 
he's always in his room by himself. <laughs> so it was no big deal. I just, hey, UK, you know, the mom, mom make him lunch here. And he would just he would just sleep or just lay there. Yeah. Or he, when he woke up, he was on his iPad. And he basically does the same thing now. <laughs> he's sore from practicing. And as he got through it, uh, I had a quarantine. Uh, it reminded me of uh, withdrawing from drugs because you do go through depression. It's more of like, when are you going to get better? When is it like, when am I going to get better? Like this is, you have your, during the day, you're like that, and at night it's worse. You don't want to go to sleep. You got to sit, sit, you got to sleep sitting up. And then it, then it starts going into your lungs and it's just a whole slow torture process. It is. And I, and I, and I, and what I did was I binge watched. I binge watched a lot of shows that, I did have weird nightmares of uh, always sunny in Philadelphia, but I, I I do really believe though once you get it like that, it's like having the severe flu. I had this. I remember having the severe flu when I was like seventeen, and it was so bad. Like I, I thought I was gonna die, and I called my wife. My wife now, she was my girlfriend at the time. She'd come over, and there's really nothing you can do. I mm-hmm. mean, take Tylenol, whatever. This is back in the. 1997 and I remember going in the room and just laying there and just sweating and but then all of a sudden the next day you wake up you're boom like dang like that you went from like I feel like I'm dying and your parents ignoring you oh you're just sick maybe uh, but it was bad and so that's what I looked at that I looked at this I said man this is something something different it's not just you know, the flu for me is two, three days. Yeah. Five days max. This one was fucking down the 12th day is when I started feeling better. But I had called the ambulance because I couldn't breathe. And I was so weak, dude. I couldn't even get up and walk. I remember when I got the flu a couple of years ago when it was severe, too. And I had caught it. And I felt like crap. And that's why when my wife was telling me, like, oh, uh. How do you know you're going to be sick? I was like, no, you'll know. Trust me. And I had, it was just a simple flu and I was out for like three days. You know, I went to the, I went to yeah, the doctor. Yeah, when you get it, you know. Yeah, I went to the doctor, you know, I felt like shit. I, you know, I was in myself even because uh, I was working at two jobs that time. You know, I was working UPS. I even went into UPS that morning because I was a preloader and I told my, my super, hey, I don't feel good. He was like, let me see if I can get somebody because I was a pickoff. He was like, let me see if I can get somebody to pick, um, cover you and then i'll send you home so i said okay good so obviously he did i went home i slipped off i slept it off and then i had to go into my next job i went to my next job i you know i drove all the way i I was working out in Torrance, and then i went to i went there and uh my boss because he's also a upser he goes he goes roger you don't you don't look good and i go i really don't feel good so of course i called my sister who's a doctor and i was like hey i don't feel good he goes it sounds like you have the flu. You should go get checked out. Went to the um, urgent care, and sure enough, they were like, yeah, you got the flu. They gave me some pills, took care of it, and like you said, three days I, I was back at work, and I, I felt better, you know. But those three days, I was horrible. I didn't want to get up. I just oh, but you're like, vaccinated. Well, yeah, now well, oh, for, for well, COVID. You, but at that time, it wasn't even COVID at that time. Oh, it was, it was just like a basic flu. It oh, was just okay. a flu and whatever, so that's why my wife when she had caught um covid yeah they have the they have the cold pills or what are they called there's a, a what are they call it something pack flu i can't pack. remember that it's like a flu pack or something it's, yeah it's supposed to help the, the flu knock it out yeah i think so it's it, called a c pack 
I can't remember, but yeah, they gave me those pills, which, you know, I it took care of it. It was good. I felt good after three days. I I was like ready to get out of the room because and I'm, mind you, that was three days. So imagine now that we went through COVID when my wife had caught it, we had to quarantine at least for fourteen days, I think. Mm. And um, after the tenth day, I was like, I was like, as much as I <laughs> don't like going to work, I was like, I'm ready to go back to work because I can't stand this room anymore because. We were enclosed in a room, like four of us, you know, my wife, my kids, and my two kids. It was just like four of us in one, one little room. Like we were just enclosed. But um, when she went through it, you know, she was getting flu-like symptoms too. And then uh, I told her, I was like, no, you're fine, you're fine. And sure enough, we went to go get tested and she came out positive. But it, it messes with you. It messes with your head just because you can't do anything and uh, you have to stay in. You can't go out because you don't want to get under infected. But when I was infected, actually, my my older brother had caught COVID. And he actually ended up in the hospital and it was pretty bad. And I remember and even my uh, my sister's like, no, you got to You got to stay healthy because um, I was actually scared for him just because uh, he had ended up in the hospital and he was like, he'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You know, we FaceTimed him and he he came out to say, like, you know, I'll be fine and all this stuff. And, you know, we try to be positive with him. And sure enough, now, thankfully, he's he's out now and, and he's he's fine, honestly. So COVID, it, it was something that to deal with, you know, people didn't want to imagine that, oh, it's not true. It's bullcrap. It's just a government. And trust me, guys, it, it's something that people i don't i don't wish upon people to to go through you know you know whatever you think in the vaccine that's up to you i i'm not gonna push you guys to get vaccinated it's it's really up to you guys but um it, it's just you know i i really miss my buddy he was a good worker he was uh he, finally he was like the last one of us to become a driver and when he became a driver we were happy for him just because our whole crew that you know we we came up in the in the hub finally became a driver he was he was a driver and everything so we we're happy for him and um you know he was finally excited to become a driver and now he's uh well now he's not long longer with us but i remember with with my kids when we were gonna have our kids he was always there for me hey roger what do i get your kids and all this other stuff I'm like, bro, yeah, it doesn't matter. And he was always happy to go to our baby showers, go to our parties. You know, he was the type of guy that we uh, we invited him to anything. Like, I remember going to concerts. We, hey, Ray, we have an extra ticket. You want to go? I'm down. Let's go. I don't care. Fuck it. Let's go. And he would come come with along with us. He was just that type of person, and we really miss him. Yeah, uh, going back to. The, the co-worker what was his name again ray rojas yeah ray rojas you think they they all got it from the center i don't know that was a that was a theory that was going around well a supervisor died too right yeah but, but that was from a different center different center yeah there was a strain going around yeah it, was, it had I, to be it had to be only the strain I they all didn't get it in different places what's a coincidence yeah because I don't know where your brother got it from, and then obviously our friend where he got it from, but he was he was traveling even with travel restrictions, he was traveling, so we don't know if he went there, came back, and obviously caught it or came in contact with somebody over here. We don't know. It's just one of those theories. Oh, UPS knows. But um, that was one theory I did hear in the beginning that he did do your brother's uh 
route. Oh, yeah, but he didn't know he did it. But then we found out that he was like, no, he never came across that car. He never came across that, that route. He's, he honestly doesn't even know that route. And I was like, okay. So, we, you know, we were skeptical of how he came in contact with it. And, and obviously, unfortunately, he lost his life for it. And it was just one of those things, like, I was just so surprised. Of, not surprised, but, like, I was just like, dang, how? You know, how and why? Why him? You know, why your brother? Why why that? Why the supervisor? Because even when the supervisor, I remember being in the hub and talking to him constantly, constantly, all the time to all these people. And it's like, it's just one of those things. Yeah, man. We never know. Never know till we move on to the next world. Yeah. But that's how deadly this 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 virus is and you got people out there that say it's just a cold and you got the alternate right that 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 say all this stuff and Joe Rogan's one of the big ones and he's had people like uh, Kennedy Jr. on uh, people that believe the vaccine kills you and or you get mitocarditis yeah there's there are definitely side effects uh, but it's important that we what are we going to trust? We're going to trust Fox News or are we going to trust science? Okay. Obviously, with what happened with COVID is a lot of political influence when it comes to uh, a worldwide pandemic. And we got to look past that and say, fuck politics. Fuck what this person says. What does science say? What do the science scientists say? What are, what are the numbers saying? Stop believing all these fucking alternate right people and Fox News. And look at a lot of these people that you won't see on the news. They won't mention any names. You got scientists that are inventing and in the lab and they've been trained. We're not, I can't even comprehend if I, they walked in and they started talking to me about T cells and B cells and, and mitochondria and the nucleus and they, you're basically getting biology. You only, most of us have only been through biology 101 in college. Other than that, no one else has gone beyond uh, biology. And so when you get somebody else that wants to contradict them because they got a title, like a PhD, doctor, da 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 da, heart doctor, and you go, oh, okay. Uh, we got to be educated and we have to follow, trust science. And, and keep politics out of it, and that's one big thing that's been going on. Was it's 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 more political than it is science, and it upsets it uh, upsets me because when people oh the, the vaccine this and that this and that, uh, I know people that have gotten the vaccine and gotten COVID and they're okay, and I thank God for them. I go, dude, it was hell. The only thing that got me through COVID. Was because I've been through withdrawal so many times, and that's what it felt like. Felt like I was withdrawing for something. Uh, my body was just just constantly fighting. Cause when you, you come off of pills, you know, heroin addicts, it's like having the flu, times a million. That's what it felt like. Uh, plus, I had a fever, uh, but that's what it felt like to me. And since I've been there, I knew, you know, I can beat this. I was scared. I was like, fuck, is it, am I going to be one of those ones that just dies from it? Because it is something serious. And then it started getting to my lungs, and then I couldn't breathe. And it's just, and then you're in this, like, trance. 
You, I, I remember I was just staring out the window. And like, kept saying, what am I getting better? What am I getting better? But since I've been there so many times having this type of feeling, I was able to, you know, get through it. But it was, it was tough. And I remember coming out of it and I said, I, I murmured some things, you know. I said, my parents get it, man. I don't know. If they get it like how I got it, they, they won't survive. I'm, I'm 40. And, yeah, they got it. They were in the hospital. My brother didn't make it. But I remember telling my wife that. I said, this this is ugly. And it hits people different. Yeah. But we got to look at science. We got to study science, uh, get educated by science, keep the politics out of it, get off of Twitter, get off of Instagram, uh, get off of Google, go to the li- go to the library, or how about this, go to uh, Just Barnes & Noble. Go, yeah, take a class, learn about science. Go to Barnes and Noble, get get a good book. Uh, I watch really good uh, documentaries. I watch different ones, and I like the ones I like the most are when you got the scientists and the way they're talking and they're all savvy and they, they you know, they're they're happy. They they got it. You know, they got they got the vaccine. It works. The trial works, and they're pumped up, and and they're like, like fuck yeah. You know, how are you doing with the, with the politics side? He goes, yeah, man. I've re- just staying out of it, dude. Just doing my job. Just doing what I need to do to protect society, you know. And that's it. And I saw these interviews. I'm like, fuck, man. It's a whole new world compared to what's being thrown at us in mainstream media, uh, social media. I mean, all, everything's branded uh, to put you uh, and to think a certain perspective. When there's a million ways to uh, have a perspective. But I think the number one thing is let's learn science. Let's get educated. Let's understand what's really going on over here. We could talk about basic COVID shot and what it does. It mRNA. It, it it starts telling your cells to reproduce this thing and da 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 da. And they talk about it's going into your nucleus and fucking with your DNA. Uh, I think we really, as a society, I think it's our responsibility to be really educated in science and medical science and 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 know the basics. I mean that's 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 my opinion. Yeah, I don't even know what I got in this got in this uh, conversation. But people, uh, we we have a we have a choice. Well, some people want to want to just believe what what they see, and they. I feel like a lot has to do with social media. Obviously, you know, social media could be good, social media could be bad in both ways. But um, I feel like how you said the politics had to do a lot with it. Um, they uh, there were a lot influence of, of these people. I'm not gonna say they're bad or anything, just because you know, if you what you want to believe, you want to believe. Um, vaccines also, uh, it's another thing, you know, because. We're starting to see like stuff we haven't seen, like polio we haven't seen in a while, and all this stuff, and it's starting to come back again. Why? Because people are not getting vaccinated. They want to believe that autism came came from from vaccines, and uh, you know, read what you want to believe. But I'm gonna tell you guys this: you you if you guys look into the research and, and everything, that doctor actually lost his license to to be a doctor anymore. That you know that autism does not come from vaccines. Um, obviously, COVID is a whole different story. I know somebody that got the vaccine and they got myocarditis. Well, then, then, and then you got your few cases that come from that, 
which is true. You know, I'm not going to say it's all, you know, but it's. But some, then we have to do research with that. And, and not only that, but you probably have to see your your uh, previous health Doctor. issues that you yeah. had. Drug tests. Are you doing drugs? What are you taking? Yes. It asks you when you sign in. They ask you questions. You have liver disease. Do you have this? Do you have this? Do that, da, 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 da. And you got to read it. Come on, dude. Yeah, and that, most and that, people just sign it. They go, yeah. No, no, yeah, no, good, no. I'm and good. I'm good. And, and get the and vaccine. They're all, they're all fucking rotten inside. <laughs> yeah. You know, from partying, doing. You don't do your your physical blood work. Are you clean? Are you on any type of drug? They ask you all that. You say yes, and you you get. And if something happens to you, then that's something where we got to do research in. Because people like that will go, oh, I got the, but were you perfectly healthy? You, there's a thing you sign. Yeah. They're asking you. You got to know your medical history. See, like for me, it's uh, a high issue is uh, diabetes. Obviously, it runs in my family. Mm -hmm. And, um, and even you just gotta that. You got to tell them that. And, and you got to be honest. You know, I don't have diabetes. Luckily for me, you know, I just went to a recent checkup. But uh, I know if I don't take care of myself that... I can run across from it. I can come and get diabetes bad where my dad had a type two and it was pretty bad where he had to get insulin daily. So I, uh, and I seen what he struggles with and I, obviously that's me that I don't want to do with that. I want to be poking myself every day, you know, checking my blood sugar and I don't want to be shooting insulin every day. So I take care of myself, you know, but I mean, every so often, obviously like my grandma had it and my mom has it. Yeah, so, and that's why, like, my, I, you know. My, my dad's good. <laughs> like my, my It runs in both sides of my family. Heart disease, uh, obesity, and, and uh, high uh, high blood pressure, and, and diabetes. But it also goes across what we eat, you know. A lot of us, you know, we. I know somebody that's super skinny and looks how they're healthy. Yes, yes. And they have high blood pressure. Like, it's just crazy out of control. Yes. And or people that are skinny and just have diabetes, too. It just, you can create this disease, but sometimes you get cursed with it. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying, that you, you, you can be the, you know, you can uh, be the healthiest person. You can be the skinniest person and still have some health issues that, and you don't even know just because it probably runs in your family or whatever. That's why I say it. Like, for me, I'm always going to be uh, that guy that, like, I know I'm going to be a big guy. So that's fine. But I got to do what I do best, you know, go work out. Even I have to before go to you know, work, you know, go to the gym for an hour or whatever, go out and, you know, practice with my kids. Yeah, I know, man. I, I put on some weights. My brother passed. I was drinking beer. I've been drinking beers. I got to get on it, though. Uh, I got my DOT September, so I got I got my plan. I've been working slowly towards it. I'm, I'm going to get to where I need to do, and I'm not worried about it. I'm going to fucking kill it because that's the type of person I am. But when you go through things like that, it's – I look, I go. I'm gonna have beers. I'm gonna barbecue and hang out. That's what my brother liked to do. Wonder if I was like, oh, when he passed, oh, well, you know, he was a little over. He was overweight. This and that. I'm gonna go to the gym. I go, no, I'm not. I'm not scared of death. You know, I'm gonna mourn my way and how my brother passed. You know, in his sleep. I think of him like, well, what do you, what would he, he like to hang out and barbecue, eat barbecue and play golf and go to the movies. And so that's what I did. I just, I stood home with the family. You know, I had some beers, barbecue, and I relaxed. I didn't want to be a dickhead and go, oh, well, look at it this way. Oh, if I was in shape, you know, I don't want to get sick again and die and scared. I'm not scared of death. 
because people go, oh, you know, you get overweight, you start getting sick, you start, you know, every, there's so many millions of people that are overweight and that are healthy. Yeah. I know a lot of big guys that are healthy, and the doctor, oh, you got to go do sleep apnea tests, and he just, he's just a big dude. Was well, like, like, and he passed. You know, I guess it's two years. It's so hard to get your two-year DOT now. They make you jump through hoops the size of your neck. Oh, it's over eighteen inches. You got to go uh, do sleep apnea test. They're making us uh, jump through hoops, which is a good thing. It's yeah. keeping everybody their health on check. Nobody wants some dude all shot out, dude, behind mm-hmm. the wheel. Well, it's like me. Like I, when I went to go get my 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 checkup, I thought I was gonna be like, "Oh, I'm gonna come back." He's gonna tell me I'm overweight. Uh, obviously, I'm obese, and then um, you know, probably have high, high blood pressure or something. He comes back with my test results. He goes, "You're actually one of the healthy big persons I've seen." And I go, "What oh, do you mean?" That's cool. He checked out my test. He goes, "Look at your test results." And I was like, doctor talk to me because these are medical terms i have no idea what i'm reading he goes no they're pretty good honestly like like you're like a normal health like what do you do and i go i I told him i go i just work out you know what i do for a living is uh i have to be on the move which i love obviously i had a doctor tell me one time at the emergency he goes you're overweight you need to lose weight you need to go exercise i said dude i'm a ups driver I walk fucking 12 miles a day. Pretty much. I mean, and now he goes, well, you got to do more. What the <laughs> fuck you mean? I wanted, I, I got pissed. I go, why don't you go out in the fucking and go do my job? I said, I got to do more. I said, I'm fine. Give me some t- uh, TRT. I'll fucking, yeah. Get, some, make me feel like I'm 20 years old again. Yeah, I'll hit the gym. Some people really think what we do is easy. And I'm like, oh, you do doing deliver packages. Who's the how? doctor? He told you, oh, you need to exercise more. Like, yeah. What the fuck? I go, I go. I could barely get through a day's worth of work. <laughs> got to come home and relax, dude, and kick back. You saying fuck? Got to go hit the gym too. God damn. Yeah, yeah. What people think when when I tell them oh, I'm a UPSer? Oh, that's easy. Fuck. What do you mean it's easy? All you do is deliver packages, and I'm like, you guys really have no clue what we do in our day. Like, we go, yeah, we deliver packages, but sometimes you don't know how big. Sometimes we have specials. Sometimes we have. A commercial it's just one of those things that it takes and you know some of us love it honestly i love it um some you know coming up you know i have the wife being a preloader she's uh she tells me she goes hey so and so is gonna go driving and they're all excited sure enough they're back in the in the building and they're like what happened and she goes and talks to them and she goes oh they're like they talk about like oh it wasn't for me it's too hard i thought it was just simple as delivering a package i thought you go to the house and drop it off and that was it and they're like no you got to do this you got to do that there's so much stress and i go yeah it's stressful just we make it look easy just like a doctor you know a mechanic like all these you know blue collar jobs they they can go in and and take care of things just because they've seen it before and they've done it before and they know what to do or what to expect and we we take care of it and it's just one of those things we we do so well and that's why we're like one of the highest paid in the in the in this industry that like we take care of it and and you know anybody can say like you know just watching tiktok oh you know amazon or fedex is the best not actually ups because we do it all we do from early AMs to to next day airs to regular ground to pickups all in the same day where you guys oh I can't touch that just because it's a it's a next day air I can't touch that or whatever and it's like no we do it all you know mm-hmm. 
Well, shit, man. We're getting close to that two-hour mark. Uh, you got anything you want to say to everybody? You got anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Um, no, let's just, uh, just one thing. Uh, let's be kind to one each other. Uh, and, and let's just be continue being uh, good people in this world. Um, you know, some of us go through mental stuff, and, and you don't know what people are going through. Let's just be nice to each other. Let, let's, let's set up a world for our children and, and for the future because certain soon enough we're we're not gonna be here anymore and you know let's just let's just be kind and let's enjoy the moments enjoy the moments you know you can always remake the money but you can't remake the time and just take that time even though you don't have time to go hang out with that one friend or that one family member let's be there just because you never know when we're not going to be there anymore all right man well once again man thank you for coming on the show mr roger mendoza my first time meeting you uh, you're from 396, local. Shout out to th- local 396, dude. Got mad respect for you guys. Uh, you know, shout out to my boy Terry. Thank you for uh, introducing me, Roger, as well. Uh, hey, man, we'll get you back on soon, dude. For sure. Get you come on. I'm down. We'll, we'll, we got a lot more to talk about, talk about union stuff. We got yeah. uh, big things going around with our contract ending, yeah. uh, ending in August of 2023. So the campaigning and the, the, the talk is starting to move around. So. Things going to be ramping up, especially yep. with this podcast, because I want to be watching it closely. So I think we all are with our new president. So let, let's see uh, with the we'll see what we gone on, and hopefully we don't go on strike, you know. But if we have to, we have to. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of, a lot of. Everyone's watching this one closely. This is one thing I like about our our politics side is we can really dig deep and find these guys as. Uh, beliefs and, and the, their mistakes and, and and put it out there and eh, I, it might be dirty politics too but I, i'm interested in learning because i'm really into it now really into the the, the election that's just happened the ibt and also my local 952 we got a big election coming out so it's gonna be uh, this podcast is gonna be i'm gonna be focusing on that for a while and podcasting about it because i also get to learn you know more of you know it's 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 never ending when it comes to no. politics especially with the teamsters uh but I, i'm interested and uh, gonna be interested even more and it's weird as people are younger they don't really care like i'm trying to get the young oh yeah young youngins to listen to this these type of podcasts to learn because a lot, most of us don't get really get into it until we're in our 40s late 40s 50s because we're getting closer to that retirement, we want to know what's going on with our pension, our medical benefits. You know, why is this and that? And no, and but the young kids, they don't care. They're coming in and not thinking about the future, just getting their paychecks and just doing their thing. And one of the things about this podcast is I want to make awareness with that because we need votes. One thing is the IBT election; we barely had under ten percent. I think voted. I think there's. 1.4 million Teamsters, don't hold me to that. Teamsters, 1.4 million Teamsters uh, worldwide. I think <coughs> when this last major IBT election, it was less than 10%. Yeah, because we need more people to vote. Um, we finally got rid of that two-thirds vote, so meaning that every vote matters. So it doesn't matter if you vote yes, or it doesn't matter if you vote no. It's gonna, it's gonna be that fifty-one percent. As long as that fifty-one percent is gonna go in, you know, when I voted last time and and the the new contract, 
you know, it was a two-thirds vote. That doesn't matter anymore. We need to make sure that everybody votes. Your vote does matter. I'm going to say that again. Your vote does matter because people don't want to think, oh, my vote doesn't matter. No, it si does. Se puede. See, it does matter because wait, we, we need to make a difference. We need to make a change. Remember, if you guys look into how si much se puede. UPS made quarterly, you guys are going to see that. We want some of that. You know, we want some of that no matter what it goes into. It. And if it, even if it goes into our pension, that's in the long-term money that we're going to make when we retire. Yeah, we're not. We're thinking of retirement twenty years from now. That that's gonna be towards us. We're gonna retire in twenty years from now. So we gotta set up just for the new the new people that are coming in. You know, it could be our sons or daughters coming in and and applying for UPS, regardless or whatever job we go. Well, you're into. thirty. You're you're starting young in in your career. Yeah. And you're getting involved, and I think that's important because most yeah. people, like I said, wait till they're in their forties mid 40s and really get involved get involved now yeah definitely make a voice make a voice for yourself and send and learn to stand up for yourself and, and learn it's just it's part of the process man you could walk you could walk i know people that walked in through this journey for 30 years and that had a a, a blind eye towards union they didn't care and it was just and then to retire yeah and well that's, that's okay too i guess but I think yeah, it's it still got to vote. But if you, you complain and later on and you're complaining, oh, how come? Well, you should have voted. That's what I'm saying. You should vote even if you're not going to be involved. I'm not saying go become a steward, you know, like I am. I'm trying to become a steward. And, and I, you know, I get involved with, with Terry and Efren and all these other great stewards that we have in, in, in our in our shop. But, I mean, we we just got to be involved somehow. It's either voting or being involved or even just standing with each other, you know. Some of these stewards are so closely to the higher-up, you know, to our business agents. that. What is the day you guys have? Thursday, Thursdays? Yeah, we got Teamster Thursdays. Oh, Teamster Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> like Terry said, we would all be fired if it was thir- Teamster Thursday, Thursdays. But, uh, no, yeah, we had Teamster Thursdays, you know. I, yeah, we, we were talking about that. I want to start something like that. In yeah. Our, in our, well, I think we are. I think we're going to start as the election is getting closer. But I think everybody's, you know, everyone's talking and there's no, their fingers. Because like, we got an election for our local. It, it's just getting involved, you know, telling us what's going on with the union and, and telling us that, you know, what's going on. You know, because everybody's like, well, how come the union didn't tell us? Well, no, the thing is that you weren't paying attention probably. And like I tell Terry, you don't need that megaphone. You're, you're loud enough. You can tell us everything. And he, he just laughs. But, um, you know, just letting us know, be involved. Babe. We need to stand together. It's not a, you team serves against UPS. No, it's just that team serves. We got we, we to gotta reunite and know what's ours and, and let them know that, that, that that's ours. Like we're hard for it. And, you know, whether it be on the contract or not, we, we, we're fighting for what's coming for the next contract and the following contract just so we set up everybody and everybody can get a piece of it yeah you don't be like the docs uh on the wire i'm watching the docs the they're investigating the docs and the docs is dried up nothing's coming in anymore and uh what do they call them the portsman the longshoremen longshoremen yeah uh, they're out of work and they're only getting out one or two boats a day and learning their slings and everything uh, who's to say that can't happen here in Long Beach? Well, I mean, if you pay attention, yeah, the the volume. Everything's automated now. Yeah, hey, more wanna... positions are getting taken away through automation. Yeah. So, 
we all we all have to look towards the future. People go, oh well, you ain't gonna have a job in ten years. I was like, what's the car gonna do? Is it gonna have a robot in it? There's gonna have to be somebody in there to nah. fucking fix it if something breaks down. Yeah, exactly. I can wear a long ways from that, but to protect our 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 benefits and protect the the way we work and them using technology against us, it's important. 2023 is gonna be a really important contract negotiation. It's gonna show where the company stands with disciplining us with uh, tech new technology and saying we're we're worth less because of technology because now the board tells you where to go back then we just had a thomas guide or just the word of mouth where's fucking this street at oh if you go down sunset they make a left on fifth no uh everything's automated now it's, it's made a lot easier for these young drivers so i think they're going to negotiate a long uh, a term where we're not going to get the raises like we used to because everything's automated but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, let's just hope for the best. And, and I mean, we'll, they we'll want, see. They want the uh, the pension and our side. They want the that not because UPS used to be responsible for our pension on the western side. Yeah, the we're still under them where they they take care of that for us. Now they in lame terms. Now they want to. Uh, they think this contract because that's what they did the central and the eastern. Uh, UPS didn't be stop becoming responsible with their pension when you talk about numbers and stuff and still learning something like this yeah. but this i'm this is like lame terms they want to do that to the west and and uh it's like when we had our benefits that's what i said when we had our medical benefits ups was in charge of it and then now our union's in charge of it even though we still got the same people in charge uh you know the people in the new administration. Do we really? They've known. They've been known to have failed pensions. Uh, are they gonna do that same mistake over here? Especially with this new negotiation coming up well, in 2023. UPS could come in and they could be like, "Well, we've already done it in the central and eastern states. We could do it." And then give them another chance. It'll be their, you yeah. know, next chance. And they fuck it up and. Then now we we have no pension. A lot of old people are going to pension meetings. Yeah, well, that are yeah. popping up, dude. It's it's something where it starts now. People are like, well, it's not. Even, it's like a year and a half away. I go, we got to start figuring and, out. And that's now. the scary part, you know. We we've heard about layoffs. We heard just recently, and you know, Western region just believing into. People the, are telling me, hey, the, start saving. Yeah. Save at least a year's worth. Mm -hmm. Start saving. At the union will be there to help us with food and shit like that. We're not going to get it. But we, but I mean, we're gonna have to. Uh, everyone needs to save up. It's, it's gonna be uh, tough. No one wants to go on strike. No. They did that in back in '97. We did, and then you saw right here and just nearby in um, Albertsons. Aren't they? Aren't they? Did they do a, a strike? I have no idea. But Waste Management, our 396 brothers out in uh, Waste Management, actually went on strike for two weeks. So imagine what happened, and we just it was just. Um, it was just our waste management people that you know they uh they went on strike for two weeks imagine that so imagine ups going on on, on strike for two weeks uh how every people is not gonna you know whatever you ordered we're not gonna go you know if we go on strike it's just we have to how many of those drivers young drivers think they will go on strike I really because they were people that crossed the line and they still work for you see for like me and my wife we're, we're teamsters we're we're union you know to the bone where we're, we will not cross lines we want 
Do I you mean, think you got I, some I, young kids I that would? I think I can I have a couple people where, you know, I'm trying to convince them, hey, you know, whatever you have to do, let's do it together. You know, I tell Terry, I tell Efren, our shop stewards, like, hey, you know, let's, uh, let, I'm trying to convince them. They're willing to work with us, you know, and, and we have people and obviously we have people, you know, to, to come with us. I can't vouch for everybody, obviously, but hopefully we have people on board. Let's, let's get this done. You know, we we're, we're teamsters, you know, when you, when you, when you came into UPS, what's the first thing you fill out was a teamster thing to take out your, your money to, so gotta, you guys gotta remember we're teamsters all together. It doesn't matter what local we're teamsters first. And then we're, we're, you know ups so we we got to stand together just so for what's right you know because we set we we set that stone for everybody all across the board you know people work you know people work monday to friday because of us you know people got paid holidays because of unions not because of you know the government and all that it was because of unions everything that we got we have and we get is because of unions we set that stepping stone for everybody else all right, man. Well, once again, thank you for coming on the show, man. We're going to get out thank of here. Thank you for having me. All right, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode 106. No, 116. This is episode 116, and I'm out of here. I'll see you guys next week. All right. Sure. Peace.